Chapter Twenty One of Kate Bonnet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gloria Begeman, Somerville, South Carolina. Kate Bonnet by Frank R. Stockton. Chapter Twenty One A Projected Marriage strange as it may appear dickory charter was not a very unhappy young fellow as he stood in his fine uniform on the quarter-deck of the revenge the fresh breeze ruffling his brown curls when he lifted his heavy cocked hat true he was leaving behind him his friends captain bonnet and ben greenway with whom the wayward blackbeard would allow no word of leave-taking true he was going he knew not where and in the power of a man noted the new world over for his savage eccentricities and true he might soon be sailing hour by hour farther and farther away from the island on which dwelt the angel kate that angel kate and his mother but none of these considerations could keep down the glad feeling that he was going that he was moving moreover in answer to one of his impassioned appeals to be set ashore at jamaica blackbeard had said to him that if he should get tired of him he did not see at that moment any reason why he should not put him on board some convenient vessel and have him landed at kingston dickory did not believe very much in the black-bearded pirate with his wild tricks and inhuman high spirits but jamaica lay to the east and he was going eastward incited perhaps by the possession of a fine ship manned by a crew picked from his old vessel and from the men who had formed the crew of the revenge blackbeard was in better spirits than was his wont and so far as his nature would allow he treated dickory with fair good humour but no matter what happened his unrestrained imagination never failed him having taken the fancy to see dickory always in full uniform he allowed him to assume no other clothes he was always in naval full dress and cocked hat and his duties were those of a private secretary the only shrewd thing i ever knew your sir nightcap to do he said was to tell me you could not read nor write he spoke so glibly that i believed him had it not been so i should have sent you to the town to help with the shore end of my affairs and then you would have been there still and i should have had no admiral to write my log and straighten my accounts sometimes in his quieter moods when there was no provocation to send pistol-balls between two sailors quietly conversing or to perform some other demoniac trick blackbeard would talk to dickory and ask all manner of questions some of which the young man answered while some he tried not to answer thus it was that the pirate found out a great deal more about dickory's life hope and sorrows than the young fellow imagined that he made known 
he discovered that dickory was greatly interested in bonnet's daughter and wished above all other things in this world to get to her and to be with her this was a little out of the common run of things among the brotherhood it was their fashion to forget so far as they were able the family ties which already belonged to them and to make no plans for any future ties of that sort which they might be able to make such a thing amused the generally rampant blackbeard but if this dickory boy whom they had on board really did wish to marry someone the idea came into the crafty mind of blackbeard that he would like to attend to that marrying himself it pleased him to have a finger in every pie and now here was a pie in the fingering of which he might take a novel interest this renowned desperado this bloody cutthroat this merciless pirate possessed a home a quiet little english home on the cornwall coast where the cheerful woods and fields stretched down almost in reach of the sullen sea here dwelt his wife quiet mistress thatch and here his brawny daughter seldom a word came to this rural home from the father burning and robbing sinking and slaying out upon the western seas but from the stores of pelf which so often slipped so easily into his great arms and which so often slipped just as easily out of them came now and then something to help the brawn grow upon his daughter's bones and to ease the labors of his wife eliza thatch bore no resemblance to a owry her hair was red her face was freckled she had enough teeth left to do a good eating with when she had a chance and her step shook the timbers of her little home her father had heard from her a little while ago by a letter she had conveyed to belize his parental feelings notwithstanding he had told bonnet he knew no such sentiments were stirred when he had finished her letter he would have been well pleased to burn a vessel and make a dozen passengers walk the plank as a memorial to his girl but this not being convenient it had come to him that he would marry the wench to the gaily bedecked young fellow he had captured and it filled his reckless heart with a wild delight he drew his cutlass and with a great oath he drove the heavy blade into the top of the table and he swore by this mark that his grand plan should be carried out he would sail over to england this would be a happy chance for his vessel was unladen and ready for any adventure he would drop anchor in the quiet cove he knew of he would go ashore by night he would be at home again to be at home again made him shout with profane laughter the little home he remembered would be so ridiculous to him now he would see again his poor little trembling wife she must be gray by now and he was sure that she would tremble more than ever she did when she heard the great sea oaths which he was accustomed to pour forth now and his daughter she must be a strapping wench by this time 
he was sure she could stand a slap on the back which would kill her mother yes there should be a wedding a fine wedding and good old rum should water the earth and he would detail a boat's crew of jolly good fellows from the revenge to help make things uproarious this charter boy and eliza should have a house of their own with plenty of money he had more funds in hand than ever in his life before and his respectable son-in-law should go to london and deposit his fortune in a bank it would be royal fun to think of him and eliza highly respectable and with money in the bank a quart of the best rum could scarcely have made blackbeard more hilarious than did this glorious notion he danced among his crew he singed beards he whacked with capstan bars he pushed men down hatchways he was in lordly spirits and his crew expected some great adventure some startling piece of deviltry of course he did not keep his great design from dickory it was too glorious too transcendent he took his young admiral into his cabin and laid before him his dazzling future dickory sat speechless almost breathless as he listened he could feel himself turn cold had any one else been talking to him in this strain he would have shouted with laughter but people did not laugh at blackbeard when the pirate had said all and was gazing triumphantly at poor dickory the young man gasped a word in answer he could not accept this awful fate without so much as a wave of the hand in protest but sir said he if blackbeard's face grew black he bent his head and lowered upon the pale dickory then with a tremendous blow he brought down his fist upon the table if eliza will not have you he roared if that girl will not take you when i offer you to her if she or her mother as much as winks an eyelash in disobedience of my commands i will take them by the hair of their heads and i will throw them into the sea if she will not have you he repeated roaring as if he were shouting through a speaker trumpet in a storm if i thought that youngster i would burn the house with both of them in it and the rum i had brought to make a jolly wedding should be poured on the timbers to make them blaze let no notions like that enter your mind my boy if she disobeys me i will cook her and you shall eat her disobey me and he swore at such a rate that he panted for fresh air and mounted to the deck it was not a time for dickory to make remarks indicating his disapproval of the proposed arrangement as the revenge sailed on over sunny seas or under lowering clouds dickory was no stranger to the binnacle and the compass always told him that they were sailing eastward he had once asked blackbeard where they now were by the chart but that gracious gentleman of the midnight beard had given him oaths for answers and had told him that if the captain knew where the ship was on any particular hour or minute 
nobody else on that ship need trouble his head about it but at last the course of the revenge was changed a little and she sailed northward then dickory spoke with one of the mildest of the mates upon the subject of their progress and the man made known to him that they were now about half-way through the windward passage dickory started back he knew something of the geography of those seas why then he cried we have passed jamaica of course we have said the man and if it had not been for dickory's uniform he would have sworn at him End of chapter twenty one